This has been a special week in the life of our church as we've had two events we call Inside Look events in which we have gathered together and and had some food together and fellowship and we've had a chance to preview what our new campus is going to look like on the inside. Uh, uh, Not too long ago we did the exterior and this this week we've been looking at the inside and celebrating what that's going to be like on our our new campus as we're in the midst of uh, constructing that, what it's going to take for us to get there and it's just been a great time, especially the fellowship you know, we're without a building now, or we're meeting all over the city for our small groups, and we're here in the theater. It's just good sometimes to get together and hang out, especially to celebrate all the things that God's doing among us. If you've not uh, been able to go one of these Inside Look events, today is our last one. It's at 4 o'clock this afternoon. It's going to be at the Hampton Inn, which is right here at Phillips Place, uh, just right across from the theater, uh, right here in this shopping center. And if you've not signed up, that's okay. We hope you'll come back. 4 o'clock, we're going to be serving refreshments and just have a great time and give you a chance to see the inside of the campus before we start putting that on our website and and getting out for the the general population to see that. So please come today at 4 o'clock if you've not yet had a chance to do that. Uh, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I'm just grateful to have you here today. As Kevin said, we're wrapping up the series new. Uh, Jesus makes all things new in our lives. And uh, this past week, we've read in the story, the story of Jesus' resurrection, how he brings life from death and how he gives us a chance to have a new start in our own lives. And so I just invite you now to watch just a brief video recap of what we read about Jesus' resurrection power. At the end of World War II, the Japanese government was a bit nervous about how the former soldiers who'd fought in the war, this brutal war that's lasted so long, would return into everyday civilization as they go back to be home with their families and their communities. You know, add on top of that the nuclear destruction that that happened in Japan and just the way that the war ended. Uh, And so they were nervous. And so they thought a lot about what they could do to help make this transition smoother and They got together and they created a ritual. Uh, And this is what they did to try to help these soldiers reintegrate into everyday life. Uh, They they got the whole community together, these small towns or cities, and they bring the soldiers who lived in those communities together and and they bring them up in front of everyone and thank them for their service and all that they did to serve their country in the war. Uh, And then they would have them stand up and and they'd said something similar to what I'm getting ready to say. They they would say, uh, we thank you for your service to our country. The war is over. We need you to let go of all the things that helped you succeed or be a part of the war and helped you serve our country. We need you to let those warlike skills and thoughts and activities go. And we need you to return to your communities as men and as citizens and as something beyond being soldiers. And that ritual, that that public ritual of being intentional about saying the war is over, we're no longer soldiers, we we need to become people, human beings, men again, and and integrate in society worked very well. And I think there was something very powerful in the public part of that, in the the ritual and naming that this time in, in the men's life is over and this time is started. Now, some of us have served in war, some of us have served in the military, and some of us have not. Whether or not we have been a part of war or military, I think that we would all agree that there are seasons in our lives where we move from one session to the next. And I think we could all benefit from some kind of ritual that says goodbye to the old and says hello to the new. We talked last week about how to go on a new journey, we must first let go of old baggage. 
And we're not talking necessarily about geography, but if we're going to go to the next step in a relationship, we're probably going to have to let go of some baggage. If we're going to go to the, the next journey that God has for us in a career or, or maybe even in our, our relationship with God, then, then we've got to let go of some baggage that we've been hanging on to. And maybe that, that baggage is anger or maybe that uh, baggage is uh, humiliation. Maybe it's guilt or maybe it's shame. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's feeling like a loser. Maybe we, we just need to let go of a, an old way of life to be open to the next step, to the, be open to the next journey that God's calling us to. And I challenge you this week, this past week, to be thinking and praying about what, what is that journey? What is that next step that God's calling me to? And what baggage am I hanging on to? How am I sabotaging my future by, by hanging on to things that, that I need to have let go of? Maybe a short time ago, maybe a long time ago that I'm still carrying that baggage around. Wouldn't it be great if we had some kind of a ritual where we could say goodbye to the old and we could say hello to the new? To whatever it is that God calls for us. I'm guessing that some of us, many of us, would crave to have an opportunity to have a ritual like that to give us this, this public, this mental, emotional, spiritual marker of something better, something new is getting ready to happen in our lives. Well, thanks be to God, we have a ritual, and we call that in the Christian church holy baptism. We're going to talk about that today, and I want to just kind of introduce that by going back into the Scripture, and, and we're going to be in the first century as the Christian movement has taken off, and, and Jesus has come back to life, and He's ascended into heaven, and He sent His disciples out to, to make disciples of the whole world, and, and, and his, uh, his 12 disciples go to the people of Israel, the Jewish people from which the, the Christian uh, movement has come, and He sends others to go to the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, to everybody else in the world, and, and so the Christian movement is spreading like wildfire and, and, and there are people who are resistant to it though. And some are very much opposed to the Christian movement. And, and one of them is a man named Saul. And, and he hates everything the Christian movement's about because he is a Jewish man. And he thinks that the Christian movement out of Judaism is just sacrilege. And it's wrong. And so he does everything that he can, as he, that he can to stop the movement of Jesus Christ. And he has Christians arrested. And, and he has some of them killed and some of them are tortured while they're in prison and so Saul becomes just like bad guy number one and people just fear him and and he is making you know his mission to persecute the Christian movement in the world until until he meets Jesus face to face Saul's going on a, on a travel to Damascus, which is in current-day Syria, and he's on the road to Damascus, and, and Jesus calls out to Saul, and he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul has an encounter directly with Jesus himself, and, and from that encounter, Saul becomes blind. And his physical blindness shows his spiritual blindness, that he doesn't understand who Jesus is. He doesn't understand who God is, and he's not ready or willing to embrace the new. He's hanging on to the old, to the Old Testament, the old commands and laws that Kevin talked about that, that we need to let go in order to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And so now Saul has a direct confrontation with Jesus. He's blind, and Jesus sends him on to Damascus and says to wait there and then Jesus sends a man named Ananias to go and to minister to Saul. And he lays his hands on his eyes and, and he heals his blindness and Saul can now see again. And Ananias says, Saul, you are a very special person. 
You have seen Jesus face to face. You have heard Him speak to you. You have heard that His mission is to spread His good news around the world. And and Saul, now you know that your mission is no longer to persecute Christians, but to be the leading evangelist, to go out and share the good news with all the world. And so Saul changes his name to Paul, and he goes and he plants churches, and he goes around all over the place and, and spreading the good news of Jesus. And he himself becomes persecuted and And he writes most of what we have is the New Testament. But before he went on his missionary journeys, as he's sitting with Ananias, and Ananias has told him all these things, there's this one penultimate thing that, that happens. And I want to read that to you today from the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 22, verse 16. Ananias says to Paul, And now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name, on the name of Jesus. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Wash your sins away and call on the name of Jesus. Saul had died and Paul had risen in his place. Not literally, but metaphorically. Right? And so he was baptized and, and had the water wash away his old self as he welcomed Jesus as his Lord and Savior, as he asked for forgiveness and, and received grace and mercy. And, and Saul went on to live life to the full, and he's now in the eternal kingdom of heaven. And he gives us this beautiful example of the ritual, what baptism is all about. It celebrates everything that we've been doing, talking about Jesus the past couple of Sundays and reading that Jesus left heaven. And he came to earth to become a person and and remain God and also be a human. And and he was crucified. He was killed on a cross. And when he did that, he did it for us. He was an innocent man who took some things upon himself that weren't his. When he died on the cross and he rose from the grave, he took our guilt upon himself. He took our shame for when we do wrong things, it separates us from God. And it brings guilt and shame in the world. It separates us from other people. And Jesus took that all upon himself. He took the consequences of physical death upon himself. He he took hell upon himself. Hell means separation. Separation from a right relationship with God. Separation from others in our lives. Brokenness comes in between us. And Jesus says, that's not how it's supposed to be. And so he took all that upon himself. And when he came to life, he defeated it all. So that you and I can let go of our old baggage. So that you and I can go on a new journey. So that we can be born again in Christ. So that we can find forgiveness and joy and peace. And release guilt and shame and death and hell. And live life to the full now. And live forever in the kingdom of heaven. That's the great thing that God does for us in Jesus. And that we celebrate today. And a way to celebrate that is to receive the living water of Jesus. The the baptismal waters. Baptism is a sacrament, which means that it's an outward visible sign of an inward spiritual grace. It's an outward sign of what Jesus does for us in our souls. The outward sign of baptism is water, and, and what it symbolizes is that Jesus washes us clean of our guilt and our shame and our death and our hell, our brokenness and our separation. And he, in turn, gives us joy and peace and life to the full and life everlasting. And, and that's the beautiful thing that the ritual of baptism celebrates. So the old is gone and the new is here. When, when people are, are immersed in, in the baptism waters, we, we think of it as a literal death that our old self has died and we've been reborn again in Christ. We were formerly sinners and now the Bible says that we're saints. We're not perfect, but, but we're no longer dominated by sin. Now we're dominated by God and we have control over sin in our lives. 
And we can be more like Jesus. And so it's a, it's a powerful thing that, that baptism symbolizes it. It also opens us up to the Holy Spirit to come on us in a special way, to be with us the rest of our lives, to help us be more like Jesus in our lives. Now, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. We, we can receive Jesus in our, in our lives without being baptized to say, God, I'm sorry for the life I'm living apart from you. I'm tired of the guilt and shame. I want to leave it behind. I want to turn away from that, and I need you to come and live in me, God. Please forgive me and come and be my Lord and Savior. Right? Jesus will do that. You don't have to be baptized to do that. It's, it's a personal decision. But when we receive Christ, the next logical step, according to the Bible, according just like with Saul to Paul, is to be baptized. Because what it does, again, it, it opens us to the Holy Spirit, but it also is a public declaration to the world that I follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. When we're baptized, when we, we answer a question, do you profess faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior? We say, Absolutely. I need Jesus. I want the world to know. And, and we become a part of the, the church, right? The, the universal church, all Christians everywhere, right? And, and when we're baptized, we also uh, realize that baptism is just the beginning of a relationship with God. And it's a relationship that needs to be lived out with other Christians in community through the local church. And so the second thing that we ask when we're baptized is, do you, do you profess faith in Jesus and will you serve him in the local church? Because we need each other. Life is hard. Being a Christian is hard. And so to get through the hard times, to celebrate the good times, we need to worship together. We need to be in small groups together. We need to serve God together. And so it's an initiation into the, the, the local church as well as the universal church. And it says to the world, I love Christ and Christ is the center of who I am. And, and this baptism is powerful. And it symbolizes what Jesus has done for all of us on the cross. And it's something that if you've not yet given your life to Jesus, today is the best perfect day to do that. And I just would invite you to, to be praying about that as I continue to speak. And if God's tugging on your heart to consider in just a few moments to come forward and receive the waters of baptism. It, it, it's a powerful way to connect to God and to say to the world that I love Christ. And in Christ, I invite you to live in me. And those of us who've been baptized before, right, we remember that baptism is a one-time thing. And, and some of us were baptized as babies, and, and, and that was awesome. Our parents dedicated us to God, and we really wish that we could encounter you know, what it would feel like to be baptized again. And, and some of us have been baptized, and we've walked with God, but, but maybe we've, we've kind of strayed in our relationship to God. And our faith could use a boost. And, and we might need to say some things to God that, you know what, God, I've been walking with you, but, but, but these are some of the things that have gotten in the way since then. And God, it's been a while since I've confessed to you that this is weighing heavy on my heart or, or this guilt has clung to me or this shame has clung to me or God, I'm just, I'm in need of a boost of faith and we wish we could be baptized again, but we don't rebaptize people. So, so what hope is there for us? The good news is that as our church, we believe in the opportunity to remember your baptism, to touch the waters of baptism, and to, and to thank God for saving us, and to, and to invite God to forgive us for things that we've done since we were first baptized, and to, to ask God's power and, and, and water to wash over us, and, and to help us take the next step in our journey of faith, or the next journey that we're going on in the relationship, or, or whatever life circumstance we find ourselves, to say, God, I know I've been baptized, but I, I need a refresher. I need to feel your living water on me again, and so we can touch the water. 
God, or we can put it on our head and pour it on our head or put it on a cross on our forehead, and we can remember what Jesus has done for us, and we can ask for Christ to come and, and, and send His Spirit to give us strength and feel that peace and power of Jesus as, just as we were when we were first baptized. So in just a few moments, we're going to give everyone a chance who's been baptized to come forward and, and remember your baptism. We did this this morning at our first service, and it was a powerful, a powerful thing. And, and people who had been baptized came forward, and, and, and they claimed the water again and, and remembered the, 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 the commitment that was made either on their behalf or on their own behalf when they were first baptized. And honestly, it was good for me. I, I went first, and it was something that I needed to do, and and it gave me an opportunity to say, God, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. And thank you for calling me to be a pastor. And I just, I, I pray for continued strength and wisdom and, and faithfulness. God, these are some of the ways that I've strayed from you. And these are some of the things that, sinful things that I'm struggling with right now that you know about and I know about. But I've got to get it out on the table, God. And I, I could use some, some, some water to help wash that guilt and shame and fear away from me. And, and that's what it's, it's about. It's about salvation and following God first and foremost. That's exactly what baptism's about. But I took it a step further today, and I said to God, I said, God, I need your help in my life. My mom's going to have surgery, heart surgery this Thursday, and I said, God, I need you to come and wash away my worry because my mom is sick, and I need your presence, Lord. And I know it's about salvation, but God, I need you to wash away this worry and let me trust in you. And it's powerful, folks. And I hope, I hope to goodness you feel led to come forward today and either to be baptized for the very first time or, or to come forward to remember your baptism and ask God for some strength to give God thanks and praise for how far he has brought you and, and to know that the living water of Jesus Christ is real and is powerful because Christ is in it. The Holy Spirit is in it. God the Father is in it. And what we celebrate today, the so what moment today, is that Jesus gives us the opportunity for a new chapter. Jesus gives us an, an opportunity for a next step. Jesus makes things new. Jesus gives us a new beginning. Jesus offers us a new beginning. And the water, the water symbolizes that. Where do you need a new beginning in your life? Is it a relationship? Is it a struggle with an addiction? Is it, is it, is it something uh, in your past that you just have not been able to let go? Today is the day that you can just surrender and give it to God. Jesus gives us, offers us a new beginning. And so we're going to give you a chance in just a moment to come forward and receive that. I went to a, a church a few weeks ago. I, I had the chance to go up at the end of the service and to pray at the altar and I'd forgotten how much I missed that. You know, we, we love worshiping in the movie theater, but it's hard to come logistically forward to, to do that. And, and so, uh, but today we're going to break the rules and we're going to invite you to come forward. And we're going to have ushers that are going to be right here at the stairs. And we just invite you, as you feel led, if, if, you, if you'd like to remember your baptism, to come forward and, and touch the water. Put it on your forehead, put it in the sign of a cross, whatever you need to do, and, and, and offer those prayers to God. And if, you, if you don't feel comfortable coming forward, we'll have the lights on, and you need uh, us to come to you. Just wait till the folks have had a chance to do that, and, and we'll bring the water to you. 
And if you're here today and, and you feel led to give your life to Jesus, if you've never been baptized, if, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, say, Jesus, I need you. I'm tired of living without you. I thank you for what you did on the cross. I, I turn away from my sin and my guilt and my shame and my death and my hell. God, come and forgive me and live in me and, 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 and be my Savior. Then I would, I would love for you to come forward and allow me to baptize you today. And after folks have remembered their baptism, if you, if you want to come down or during that to one of the ushers, we have several ushers who are going to be helping, and, and tell them you're ready to be baptized. They'll walk you down, and, and Nancy and Kevin and I will be here, and we'll talk to you about that, and, and we'll baptize you, and it will be a huge celebration, and this will be a life-changing moment for you. And we just we invite you to think and pray about that. When, when you leave today, we want to celebrate what, what you're getting ready to do, and uh, we're going to give you a, a card, um, and it looks like this. It says new because we know that Jesus makes us new. And on the back, you can write personally how Jesus made you new today and take that home and keep it uh, and with your Bible or, or where you pray and, and, and celebrate that. We'd, we'd love to take a picture of you today. And we're going to have a big sign that says new. You can hold it up. We'll take a picture. We'll get it to you so you can remember a recommitment to Christ or a commitment to Christ for the first time. And it's, it's just a way for you to celebrate what Jesus is getting ready to do in your life in this moment right now. This is a big day. It's a big celebration, and we, we really hope everyone feels the tug in your heart, either to give your life to Christ or to recommit yourself to Christ. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Shawshank Redemption, and uh, it's a story about a man named Andy who's a banker, and he's falsely accused of killing his wife and her lover, so if you put yourself in his shoes, he finds out that his wife's been unfaithful to him, uh, that she's been murdered, she's now dead, and he's got to go to jail for, for something he didn't do. He did not kill her. He did not kill her lover, and so he's going to have to go and, 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 and live in this prison for the rest of his life, this terrible, brutal place called Shawshank Prison. And while he's there, he's going to be beaten up, and he's going to be nearly killed. He's going to be raped while he's in prison. He's going to have the warden who's going to find out that he has financial skills and makes him launder money. And for year after year after year after year, he lives in hell on earth. And, and he struggles and he tries to, to bring hope to the people that he encounters. And he tries to figure out how he can escape from this hell, this prison, where he is falsely imprisoned. And he's an innocent man and, and dealing with all of this terrible brutality and abuse and and, and, and throughout, he finally figures a way out, out of the prison. But it's going to be a risk, and it's going to be nasty. He's got to crawl through the sewage pipe where all the toilets in the prison go into this pipe, and it's this claustrophobic pipe you can barely fit in, and it's dark, and it's long, and it's his only way out. So let's watch and see what happens to Andy. I love that scene. And as, as a Christian, when I watch secular movies, I usually read into uh, the movies things that probably aren't originally intended, but I, I kind of see them maybe through God's lens. And I think that scene, we can see that last scene in one of two ways. Maybe the scene is that we're Andy and we're crawling through the mess of our lives. We're crawling through the dirt and the muck and you know things that other people have done to us or things that we've done to ourselves, our own guilt and our own shame and our own death and hell and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're just crawling through that stuff and we want to get out and we want to receive the, the cleansing of God to wash us free and to stand and to surrender and say, God, I rescue me and get me out of the muck and wash me and make me clean. And I think that's a, a faithful way of interpreting that as a Christian. I think an even better way to think about that is it's not us that's crawling through the pipe, it's Jesus. 
Jesus has been in prison falsely. He's taken upon himself things that he hasn't done, guilt and shame and death and hell that that he has nothing to do with, and yet he's willing to crawl through all of that, take all of our junk upon himself so that when he gets to the end, you and I can be washed free. We can be made clean. We can stand and surrender to God and, and have the baptism water wash us away, not because of what we've done in the pipe, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross and, and in the pipe. And so today, brothers and sisters, I want to give you the opportunity through the power of Jesus Christ to receive the waters of baptism for the first time or through remembrance. What muck, what junk, what guilt, what shame, what hell, what death is weighing you down that you need Jesus to wash away. This is your opportunity. And so I pray that if your heart is open, if you feel that tug, that in just a moment you will come and you will remember your baptism. You will come and allow me to baptize you and allow yourself to be open to Jesus' living water and the powerful water of Christ. So one more time, I just want to share with you the words of Ananias to Paul from the, the book of Acts. Now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Brothers and sisters, what are you waiting for? The water of baptism is here for you. Please come as you feel it.